Uh, both of them. I think the zooms are much better for the for live recording. Yeah. All right. Well. And such. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for coming out or hanging out to, to listen to the podcast. Woo! Yeah, you have to be a full room of people. <laughs> uh, this week, of course, my guest is Mr. Douglas Serin. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, it's interesting, we were talking quite a bit just outside before the show, and I was yeah. thinking, I didn't ask you anything about improv at all. That, but we were talking about life, and that's what it's about. That is. That's what improv is about. Improv is Done. Is, Thank you very much. Is about good night. Life. Thank you, and good night. Uh, yeah. But as as I recall, you were, I, I seem to remember you coming into the I.O. West right right around the time I was leaving. Um, Maybe, I mean, before that, but you were around, but I didn't know, I don't think I knew you well. Yeah, I took, uh, I don't know, I took my first class here at the complex. Okay. And then I finished everything else over there. So what, is that, is that, the, does that timing line up? By that timing, you I probably I probably would have had you as a student. I don't remember having you. As a I, d- student. I don't. Uh, I don't remember. I which. Oh, you remember? The, oh, yeah. See, I'd, <laughs> yeah maybe no, somebody specifically said, "Oh, avoid him." <laughs> Actually, that's pop, very possible. Or something. Uh, I think I can remember my teachers. I think I, uh, Jerris Donovan was uh, right still teaching at that time, and James I had, and then I think I went. Uh, Pete Gardner, Paul Valencourt, uh, Wendy Molyneux. Yeah, that may have taken me through. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't know. Were you still teaching? When did you When did you stop teaching? Uh, I think I stopped teaching at the I.O. for the the last time I stopped teaching at the I.O. was was about five years ago, something like that. Oh, yeah. Five six years ago. No, but, oh, but I, so. I taught before them. I taught before them. I, yeah. Whatever, it was long, it was, it's, it's, it's all long gone. Uh, is, is that where you started improv at I.O.? Uh, no. So uh, a- anecdotally, um, my first uh, improv experience was uh, uh, in uh, high school. I was, uh, but it was just like a, a, like a community, a city-sponsored community activism group. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, called Teen Co. Teen Co. Yeah, I, I, uh, the type I'm of thing. It. Yeah, the type of thing where like we were we all wore like white shorts and uh, Converse <laughs> All Stars and uh, T-shirts that said uh, Teen Co on the back. And then of course, uh, at, because this was like the uh, early '90s, then it had a definition of what uh, Teen Co was, which was right. something along the lines of like a sprightly group of energetic teens who are positive about life and uh, all this stuff. Uh, but uh, all of our shows were either at like schools. Was this in Chicago? No. So this is in. Oh, I'm sorry. This is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, Raleigh yeah. North Carolina. All right. Uh, so, uh, and all of our shows were either at schools or uh, prisons. And so that uh, we would just do short short form games. Right. Okay. Yeah, short form games at uh, schools and prisons. So that, that's where I got my uh, first taste. Although I would say, like, uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in. Uh, Wheaton, which is about like forty minutes due west right. of Chicago. Of Chicago. Yeah. Um, we would uh, a couple times uh, went into the city. They would do birthday parties at the Second City. Okay. Do, do when you grew up there? Did you ever go to a birthday party yet? No. So I don't know. Some connection through 
somebody in in Wheaton. I don't think it was a Belushi thing, but it was like somebody in in Wheaton, and we would go to Second City, and you would just play games with the people there in the main stage area. All right. So like they would like take the kids around, but it was like. Uh, I just remember it smelled really bad. <laughs> yeah, it smells like a bar. And but uh, and you could still smoke in there at oh, that yeah, time. Yeah. And so it was like it was very smoky and stinky. Uh, but it was, a, it was always a good time. So <laughs> that was like those early touches with it. And then um, and then I started studying improv uh, when I got out here. Um, yeah, some friends took me to. Um, Comedy, the improv over on Melrose, right? To cheer me up after a breakup, and there was a little flyer there for uh, Second City starting to teach classes. They remember they used to teach classes over at the uh, right next door to the improv. I don't remember that. Oh, but so there was like an annex right next door. Right. It's part of the improv now, but it used to be its its own little thing. And so they started teaching uh, classes there, and Francis Callier cobbled together whoever she could to teach, and that's where I started uh, teaching. All or right. started uh, taking started taking classes. Started so you, taking classes. So you've known her for about fifteen years or so. Yeah, yeah. I would say that was like uh, ninety nine, two thousand when I uh, started that, and uh, I'd say Rachel Hamilton was probably like the most influential first person for me because she was teaching me and she was doing a show at that same time that I was going to see. I think it was her and Teresa Mulligan were doing a two person right show. And then she would, uh, do you remember they used to do Santa Monica Pier? Do you ever go to that thing? Nope. Oh, there used to be like. <laughs> I'm so uninvolved with any of the, the story. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just don't know. Like, there was, well, and that's the whole thing. There were so many uh, interesting and great people in town. Well, I'm saying because. But they weren't connected. What I'm thinking, yeah, because back then what I'm thinking is like Second City was very late in the game to try to actually do something out here. Because even when, like, when, when around the time when you were starting to take classes through Second yeah. City, they barely had a, any kind of space, and they should have been on that decades ago. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and and God bless them for trying, and eventually <coughs> it's it's built up to something. But at that time, they were just hobbling together. Who's in town? But yeah, because that's because when when the iOS got out, or when the IO came out here, they put together a space here, right, and. Almost immediately, they were a little bit larger than what Second City had going yeah. on out here, mm-hmm. and I was like, "How did they?" And and, and and then they went and got a space with a bar. But that's no, but that's exactly what happened. Is I went through the Second City program, I had a, I had a really positive experience, and it was a lot of fun. But what I was really falling in love with was improv, uh, not so much the sketch side of things. Right. And I said, you know, I was doing a. They put together a Second City review show that uh, Rosowski directed, and I was saying to my castmates, what I really want to do is improv. And I just didn't know. I was really new to everything. And Wendy Molyneux was in the cast and Wyatt Sinak was in that cast. And they were like, oh, you should come over to the I.O. That's what they do. That's all we do, yeah. Just improv. And so that's what uh, brought me into I.O. I had the exact same experience when when I I went to Second City, the training center in Chicago. Uh, I did my two years there and it was improv to sketch and yeah. put up our grad shows or whatever uh but i didn't really know i mean because the improv they used wasn't long form at all it was just improv to create ideas for scenes and uh then it was over and thankfully a student in my class was like well this guy del close is teaching at this school over you know down the street at a bar 
Uh, and I was like, all right, let's go check that out. I don't know who he is, but, you know, whatever. But isn't that mind-blowing for you to think back up to that now and say, like, oh, if I hadn't, like, listened to that person or hadn't followed that instinct, I wouldn't have trained with Dell Close? Well, yeah. It was just like there was nothing else. To make. Basically, it was done. Second City wasn't hiring. So now what do we do? Yeah. It's like, well, there's this. Like, okay, that's something. Uh, but, yeah. So, so was this... Uh, Person in instrumental portion. Do you remember this person? Who this person? It's was? funny. I I remember his name being Ben, and I keep I think I keep thinking he's someone I know on on, on Facebook now. But I I'm, I have a face in my mind that I remember him as, and I think he's changed to the point where I don't recognize him. Uh, but I remember like he, he was fat. He, he was much fat, better than me. Yeah. No, but I remember he was much better than me in in in, in class at Second City. I was I was not good at all by the time I finished my two years <laughs> at Second City. I mean, I could, yes. I was ter- I, mean, I, I was still I was I was sucky for another two years after that. Yes, I, uh, I, I believe I was absolutely the same same way. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I was very. I mean, it's funny because he he stopped at some point. I, I kept going with the with uh, with the IO, and he like yeah. went there like maybe once or twice, and then just he he left, he disappeared because it wasn't his thing. Well, he probably went on to do something better. That, well, I don't know that, that made him what? money. There's nothing better than improv. Money. I think anything that makes you money is better. Uh, that's just well, being sour. Yeah. What's that? Oh no no no! I just uh, yeah I I don't I don't know about that. I think uh, you hear, you always hear people that uh, talk about making lots of money and it doesn't seem to be connected to their happiness. Yeah, I, I enjoy those 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 uh, the you stories about yeah the happiest people on earth are the poorest, and I'm just like really, this is the happiest. <laughs> <laughs> this is the today this is, is the, the happiest this you will the, ever be this in is your the life. Happiest I get to be yes, today. It's like absolute, wow, uh, happiest. really just you know a couple grand here and there. And <laughs> <laughs> it really but, help out. Uh, but I say it's the people that led me to my next things. Like that, like I will. The reason why I'll never forget Rachel Hamilton is because I was, she was teaching me. I was watching her, and then she was also uh, telling us, "Hey, you don't have a a show in town, Second City wise, to aspire to. So if you got the means, go to Chicago, and I'll hook you up with these workshops, and I'll and I'll set up stuff for you to do." And she one hundred percent followed through on that, and. Yeah, just uh, created amazing experiences for people. She's she's a great lady. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know her well, but she's a good friend of my of, of my wife, Kristen Ford Strong. Oh yeah. Uh, so I've, I've nothing but good things to say about Rachel. Uh, and Rosowski was somebody who, <coughs> as a director in a sketch show, man, we butted heads, and like I was so frustrated working with him as a director in a sketch show. Five years later, I'm you know after watching him and letting his style of improv sink into me, then he became somebody who became tremendously influential in how I improvise and what I do on stage. So it was, it, it, that one was an amazing one for me to say like, oh, this is, this is what speaks to the reason why I do improv and the truth of improv to me is the fact that I... How would you describe uh, what you do on stage? I mean, because it's, it's a it's a it's changed. I'm just saying because it's, it's a there, there there are I almost hate to separate it into there are different schools of thought. Yeah, uh, but there are, and I don't think anyone has to ascribe to any for any one. I don't think anyone should. I think everything's probably a combination of thoughts. Uh, and it's it's funny because to me, because like I've been, of course, analyzing it for I don't know, twenty years, twenty some years. So. 
I have a way of thinking about it and ex- expressing it. Where I think I think a, a lot of great players, and I, that's why I feel like I'm putting it on the spot. Like a yeah. great player might not even like. Well, how, how do I describe what I do? It's like I've been doing it. I, I had to do it. I think I think by the time you're teaching, you do have to think about it. You do have to at least be able to say, "Either I got a motto, or I got a something that I can, that I hook hook into." Because otherwise, I think you probably shouldn't be teaching if you don't have some sort of terra firma that that uh, forms a foundation for how you express yourself when you're on stage. And so, my model that I connect with now, and it took me a while to get get there, was not definitely not there for the first probably seven, eight, nine years that right. I was doing improv was, uh, is uh, now uh, be there. And I mean that in every sense of the word. Be there when somebody needs you. Be there in terms of being present on stage and just be there and not anywhere else in your, in your head. Because I was, I was really into trying to think scenes ahead. Mm-hmm. I was really into trying to figure out, oh, I better know where this is going or else I'm going to fail. Right. I better. I better uh, figure out what that person uh, wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Two beats from now, or two moments from now, so that I can help them get there. And all that thinking was just leading to stale. <laughs> it's funny because I, 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 I would or say just jokes. <clears throat> I've been through a similar transition in 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 my play, but I would say all that thinking. And it's a struggle because I was definitely a strong game player, a strong thinker while I played for a long time. Uh, and it was harder, and I don't think it was as good. It certainly wasn't as free or as fun. But I think all of it was training because what we realize, I believe, in the end is that we don't have to think about it because it's already – we sometimes – we literally, we think about things we don't have to think about because they're already so present in our reaction uh, that we don't have to think about them. But we choose to because we're worried. Yes. Uh, and, and you have to let that go. Yes. So I, I was, there was a lot of fear-driven improv choices mm-hmm. for many, many years. And that was fear-driven of, I don't want to do the wrong thing. Right. On stage. And it took... Uh, you know, just thousands of or hundreds of hundreds of shows before you. I think it has to come with reps. It's oh yeah, it's I mean, reps. It, well, it's it's like I've, I've always said, like I was a good player long before I knew how to teach a thing, right? Because I was a ba- I was not a particularly good teacher for a bunch of years, just because I was I could do it. Do you write apology I, letters to your former students? And no, say, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Uh, I did not know. What I was <laughs> saying. But. Well, the thing is, like, I, I I can remember trying to explain it and just like, man, I'm just not explaining this. This is, I'm, this is way too complex. What I'm yeah. saying, uh, I didn't know how to how to express it. Uh, were you but, trying to impersonate someone? Were you trying to like impersonate Dell, or were you trying to like? No, no I was emulate? trying. To, I was trying to express what I was, what had become subconscious to me. Yeah, right. I was trying because like the. The idea I was I was I had become subconsciously competent, right? So I, I didn't have to think about what I was doing. I through reps and which experience, is, which is a great place to get right. to, then you want to be able to share that with people, right? But then how do you explain it? I was, I was I was thinking about this just because you said I tell them to be present, present in every possible way, present in the moment, and even when you start saying that, I can feel a classroom's eyes beginning to gl- to gloss over. It's like what exactly does that mean? 
right? To be present in the moment. And it's like, well, then you really do need to talk to someone about, well, like, here's what thinking is, right? It, it's a sound in your head, right? It's noise, right? And if you're thinking, you're not listening. Uh, it's like you have to break it down to, it's like, here's what, I mean, here's what you relate to. This, I think I've, I've done this, ex- this example before on, 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 on the cast, certainly in class, but I always loved the, the, the example of this, this minor bit of thinking. You're about to meet someone for the first time, right? Uh, and you start preparing to say your own name, like, hi, I'm Miles, or Miles, what's up? What, whatever you're going to say, right? And then you go to shake their hand, you're, hi, I'm Miles, and you realize in that moment that you didn't catch their name. Yes. Right? Uh, just because that little bit of thinking of you preparing to say your own name caused you to misinformation, caused you to not hear something, yeah. right? That's how loud a noise thinking can be. And you, you, you multiply that by the fear and worry and the overinvention of a moment on stage. And man, you can just become completely deaf to the stage around you. Uh, but it's tough. To, I mean, I was, I was, when you said that, that's, that's what my mind does right here. Oh, when I hear be present. I hear all the lessons of how do you shut down the noise of your brain. Of you like, thinking. How do you let go of your fear? How do you let go of your worry? Like all of those things go into being present, to being in the moment. Uh, I've, I've started to take uh, definitely people <clears throat> down the path of if we're in a classroom situation, I don't want you to, to not do anything. Just do the thing. Oh, just do anything that's coming to you because we're in a classroom situation. These are exercises that we're running. We, because if you do it, then we can at least have a conversation about it. If we're talking about the thoughts that you had afterwards, I was thinking about editing that scene. Or, yeah, I thought that he was my son, but I didn't, didn't know, whatever it is. I, I say, do it, do it, do it. And right. then we can talk about it afterwards. Like, right. So do you feel like that was a strong choice <laughs> or a weaker choice or whatever it is based on whatever, you know? I, I always love when, the, when a, a scene is done and basically it's that. It's like, all right, so here's, here's what happened. It seemed to me this person was telling you this. And so the simple choice would be something like, you like them, right? Uh, but you did this instead, and I'm curious as to why. And, and, and literally, well, I thought they wanted me to like them. But then I thought, I'm like, there it is. When you're stacking two thoughts <laughs> yeah. of each other. Now, you, so, so basically you had the exact same reaction I would have. And to me, what I would consider probably the correct reaction or the thing to do in that moment. Uh-huh. And you thought your way away from it uh, because you thought, you thought you had to be more than that and you didn't. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you living uh, now on stage? Or do you feel, uh, I think I've heard you say before that you're just trying to have fun and you're just, when did that come around for you? I feel like I should be interviewing you right now <laughs> because it's three year uh, anniversary of the pack. It's a, this exciting time. I feel like, uh, yeah, let's start well, I mean, this over again. Yeah, it's, My it's, guest uh, tonight is Miles Strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, it, it, it didn't. The last, I, I've said this before on this too, but the, the last major change in my play came when I started playing with Heather Campbell again in the cage match over at the UCB. Yeah, that's 2011, uh, 2012, something like that. It's around there. I mean, it's around there. 2011, yeah. I think. Uh, it's about five years ago, something like that. Uh, and it was, I was still, because I was very good at thinking while I played. Uh because it, you, because you have the ability to think fast, or because you, I trained myself. And to. You, yeah, I trained myself to be present, as far as I could be acting with my physicality and my face and my voice, and still be allow myself, you know, seconds at a time to consider things as I played. It also gave me a headache for two years at one point. Yeah, uh, and made me, as you might recall, 
as mad as I was happy about any given aspect of improvisation. Yeah, but don't you feel like that you had to go to that break point to, to be who you are now? Or, or that not that you had to do that, but you at least that had to be part of your journey or that was part of your journey that brought you to who you are now? Yeah, I mean, th- that was part of I mean, Basically, a lot of that anger was for other reasons, the things we might re- recall uh-huh. that we're not talking about. Uh, but alluding to, for our listeners... You can uh, subscribe to the Angry Podcast. <laughs> the Angry Podcast. That's a paid podcast. But what it, what it was, I just hadn't recognized my own lesson, right? Because the things I had taught were things that I, I was basically not exactly doing because you don't always play exactly how you teach. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different thing. But I remember I was Heather asked me to play, and I said, sure, let's go play. What the hell? It'll be fun. Because uh, we, cause we'd never been in front of a house really right uh all right we'll do that that'll be fun so we, we went and did it and i remember you know because i have two kids and it's 11 30 at night this show it maybe starts at 11 30 at night yeah and you're getting on, on, stage. on a good, on a good yeah. night <clears throat> and you're getting on stage at midnight or something and yeah. i got two kids and i just finished teaching and i drive over there uh and i'm but you but you get too much sleep in general in your life you yes, say I, guess, yes i get far too much sleep in general but i show up and i'm exhausted which i am most of the time these days so I, 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 I say to Heather, literally eyes, what I said was like... For those of you listening, his eyes are closed at this moment. <laughs> literally, literally w- w- what I say to Heather is, look, I'll play, but I'm not going to try. I'm too tired to try. Meaning, and what that meant was, I'm too tired to think while I play. Yeah. It's too much effort for me to think while I play. I'll play. You know, I'll listen and fuck around, but I'm not going to try. I mean, come on, it's midnight. Uh, and then it worked. And we came back and it worked again. And it was really, and it was the same thing because it's still midnight. I'm still exhausted. I'm like, look, I'll play, but I'm not going to try. Yeah. And it took a few weeks and I was like, oh, that's right. You Holy don't have to. moly. You don't have to be thinking while you play because the, basically at that point I'd had whatever, 27 years or so <laughs> of training. So it's like, yeah, the lessons are there. You don't have to be thinking about them as you play. And it's not like I would think about the specific lessons, but I would, just, I would be thinking. My yeah. mind would be racing as I played, uh, which I realized also shut certain doors off to me. All right. Well, thanks again for hanging out. I was going to happen now. <laughs> me and Douglas are going to do about 25 minutes of long-form improvisation for you, and I'll need to get us started in a suggestion of anything at all. So good. Soda pop. (laughs) Cedar Grove. Cedar Grove soda pop. Dad used to buy these for me whenever he was on the road. Yeah. He loved them. He loved those pops. You gotta try the orange soda. Come to a 
halt and then Dad's coming home. <laughs> Taking off the galoshes at the door, putting them down, come running down the stairs. We all stopped on the landing. <laughs> First you had to give mama a kiss and then we all waited. Take another sip. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's some good orange soda. Right? <laughs> you know, he's, he's not dead yet. We should get to the hospital. <laughs> see you right now because he's afraid of losing you. And he's, he 
hiding it in a, in a mask of saying you, you, you're not who you were anymore. Dumb movie? Are you trying to say something? <laughs> thumbs up? Give me a thumbs up? Thumbs up on gayness, that, that is? Oh, great. I'm going to take care of the thumbs up on gayness. Good. And what, what's, what are you doing? Huh? Oh, now it just seems like you're... Oh, you want to shake, shake my hand, maybe? I'd love to shake your hand, sir. Are you reaching for my nuts? <laughs> hey, hey, that's, that's fucked up, all right? I'm your son's partner. Are you, are you like... Are you coming out of the closet on your deathbed? Oh, that's beautiful and horrifically sad. Oh, you're, ah, do I, how do I, you oh, I'm conflicted, I'm your son's partner, but I'm a gay man who feels for a man coming out on his deathbed. Ah, see? He's a jerk, isn't he? Yeah, he's a jerk, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he just, he, uh, you know, he, he said being gay is dumb and. Yeah, I knew he was gay. I knew he was gay all the time. You knew he was, yeah. When you're gay, you know, and you you have you're telling me you don't know. I don't. I didn't know if my parents were gay. I was six, and they were murdered. <laughs> I'm saying now, what you? Wait, do you think you're only gay because your parents were murdered? No, I don't think I, I don't think I had anything to do with with with, with my sexual choice. Because I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody who thinks like, oh, I invented being gay. Everyone thinks they invented their sexual choice. Everyone thinks like they invented, like when you're a kid and the first time you kiss a girl uh, and you French and you think no one in the world's ever done it before, you just discovered this and your parents would never understand it. Everyone thinks that. We know it's not true. All right, so I know I didn't invent gayness. I invented my choice. I chose it. And I think it's sad that your father spent his whole life I didn't. never telling anyone Yes, it's sad. How he can you respect the person? He's dying, and he came out to me. He's he's still not dead. He's dead to me. I I don't need somebody who lied their entire life. Who would? Who? Why would I want to hang out? Would you want to hang out with it somebody who lied all the time? I'm sure he had reasons. I'm sure uh, I, I he can clearly express himself. I wrote the Magna Carta. Uh, I really didn't. Don't be silly. Right. Uh, I, I flew to Hindenburg. I, I'm the one who decided to crash it. Uh, Don't equate I these obvious lies with the difficulty of your father it, hiding his homosexuality for his entire life. He grew up in a lies different are time. Lies. lies are lies. There were people back then who were gay. Yes, there were people back then who were gay. Not all of them came out. And a lot of them who did got beaten to death. Truman Capote? Was he gay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you just ask me if Truman Capote was gay? Are you gay? I'm gay, but I'm not a gay historian. <laughs> I'm not keeping a log of who was and who isn't and it who might be. It doesn't have to be a big log with names like Truman Capote. <laughs> you need to go see your father. It's just a right. name to me. I've never Look, read anything about him. You need to see your father before he passes. All right, I know you're gonna regret this. I know if you don't, you're gonna regret this. I think it would mean the world to him that he could express that to you and know that you know it's okay and it's welcome 
right? And then you understand, you don't think any less of him because of it. I don't like that guy, but I'll do it. I wish you told me that before I killed my dad. 
<laughs> gotcha. What you just said, that's what I had. I had that with my dad. Yes! I know! <laughs> and you just, you killed him because he got cancer. I know, I know. I have, I have killer's remorse. I don't, I don't know if that's a real thing. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, it should be, if it's not, a, I'm sure it's, I'm both... Chris, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I, I wish I'd listened to you earlier. That's, that's well, so I didn't say that that's, specifically earlier, but you should, you should so have known. That you should, you, I thought you were just being a jerk because you don't know what it's like to have parents who are alive. I know what it's like to wish for it. I know what it's like through you and every wonderful story you've told me I, about your father. Tell me, I mean, did your old man like that, that orange soda? I think so. What was the name of that brand again, was it? Cedar Grove. Cedar Grove. Cedar Grove, he loved that. He used to bring it home, right? Yeah. And you'd, you'd, you'd hear his car pull in the driveway. Yeah, and yeah. And his boots coming up and splashing in the rain. He'd slap yeah. those boots off. He'd reach down into his bag and he'd pull out a can of Cedar orange soda. Yeah. And that's when the night could begin because Dad was home. Then... But then later, when I found out he was a liar, he was hiding the fact that he was gay, he was making my mom's life hell, I hated him. I was like, yeah, this guy's just a jerk human being. He's just a, just a dick. He's just an asshole who never could own himself. You never told me about any of that? That he was, I mean, that he made, was he mean to your mother? Well, no, but he just kind of like disconnected. Which I suppose is its own form of cruelty, absence. Well, do you think she knew? Oh, I think she figured it out. Well, then she had, I mean, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. And actually, I'm assuming, well, I would bet that he, they probably stayed together because of you. So really, you're the source of their misery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you hadn't come along, they would have recognized that they didn't belong together and they would have part ways, probably amicably. But tied to a child as it was. Jeez. As it were. That was something about those times. People stayed together for the kids. Fucking asshole kids. <laughs> and I was one of them. Well, you didn't ask to be that. You didn't mean to be. No, but I... I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just saying that's probably what happened. I mean, they had choices. They could have found a way to make it work. Piece of shit, man. I'm a piece of shit. Well, you killed your old man. I mean, I'll say that. No, yeah, but th that was under mistaken circumstances. I, had I was clear-headed when I did that. Although misguided, I was... Clear-headed about it. You can't say you can't say misguided and clear-headed. That's those are oh, those sure. are opposing things. No, you, you, you have a, you have an idea like oh I gotta get that done, and then you don't realize till later oh wait I didn't really have to get that done. Yeah. <laughs> and with momentary the, lapse of uh, yeah, but then, I mean, with, with, with killing your father, I don't think you get to say I had an idea. Oh, I should have thought about that before I did it. 
You killed your father. I did think about it. I thought about it a lot. It's all I thought about. Probably for the last three or four weeks, I thought about. Man, you I wish that all you've done for three or four weeks is tell me these wonderful stories about your father to avoid going and visiting that piece of shit. Why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you tell me I'm afraid I'm going to kill my father if I go see him? Because then I thought you. Not like me. I think not poorly of me. I thought you think poorly of me. Well, we would have had this discussion before you killed your father then. <laughs> see, I see that now. <laughs> Do you want a tea? Oh, a tea, yeah. Tea? Making tea? Yeah. I want to call me. Okay, I'll make it after. <laughs> after. Yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want a lot of, ca a lot of caffeine right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. <laughs> like a chamomile. Chamomile would be good, yeah. Secrets and, and lies between us. We could certainly, you know, let's. Because the way that this went, uh, is there anyone else in your family that you're thinking about killing? <laughs> let me let me just say it. I don't get along with Megan, but I'm not going to kill her. I've just decided to not be in her life. No, I, I don't want to kill. I think killing is a valid way of expressing yourself. <laughs> in some circumstances. That's a fucked up thing you just said. No, right? in some circumstances. If someone was coming at you, if you were going to kill somebody in self-defense, it's not a valid way of expressing yourself to kill someone? I think... I think you're psychotic, all right? Because, no, I don't, I don't think killing is... Killing is a form of, well, actually, I, I don't think it's a, anything but a psychotic form of expression, right? It may be a form of expression. I, I, I don't think I can argue that, because it is an expression of something, as every act is an expression of something, but I think it's kind of fucked up to think of it that way. It's like, this is, you're just expressing your inner, I need to kill my father thing. I mean, express your anger. There are healthy ways to express your anger without killing. We can, we, You've never wanted to kill anyone? No. No, I've never wanted to kill anyone. Do you remember the night and the sex we had after watching Taken? <laughs> Shaken? Taken? Oh, Taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm you were aggressive? Oh. Very aggressive? Yeah. I didn't want to kill you, but it seemed the killing in that movie and the violence in that movie is what got you in the mood. Trembling of a leaf. Trembling of a leaf. I will admit that it's one, it's Liam Neeson. All right. 
he's he's just handsome, very very handsome. <laughs> but and I'm thankful many days that I have a big nose. As am I. He's handsome, and he was a hero in that movie. He's he, and he was was he? he was, yes, he saved he saved his his, his daughter. Did she deserve to be saved? Did she need to be saved? According to the movie. Well, she absolutely needed to be saved uh-huh. in the movie. And so she was, was kidnapped. So it was a good expression of himself to kill all of those people? <laughs> it was a good expression. It was a good expression of himself to get his daughter back. Him killing all those people was just what had to be done on the way. To had to be done. So yes. he had to kill those people. Yes, he did. <laughs> I rest my case. No, that, no, 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 no. There's no case there. That wasn't a case. You didn't present a case. Ah, flustered. You got me thinking about Liam Neeson. <laughs> I have a certain set of skills. We did that for weeks. Yes. <laughs> Your Liam Neeson sounds like Sean Connery, which works I for know. me. Which works for me. It does. I, I, can't get, I can't do Liam. Yeah. Then we went back and we watched Ethan Frome, and it was like, what? Who is this guy? Who is Ethan Frome? I don't know who. Oh, the book, Ethan Frome, that they made into the movie with Liam Neeson. Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't even know. Right? <laughs> didn't Liam, Neeson, like Liam Neeson's not in the books. So why would I read <laughs> I need to read more. I'm gonna read a Truman Capote. What's a Truman Capote I should read? I just I I should read the great gay authors. In cold You're blood, probably gonna go to jail. <laughs> I don't want to. I think I've got a good <laughs> angle on that. If it comes to that. But if I do go to jail, I'm going to need things to read. <laughs> do you want me to go to jail? No, I'm just thinking if you went to jail, I'd have to break you out of there. <laughs> because I have a particular set of <laughs> You're right, it's Sean Connery all the way. <laughs> I don't mind. I like Sean Connery. Liam Neeson's your guy. 007's my guy. Sean Connery, 007. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Who else was even... I liked... Oh! I liked... Uh, Lazerby? Remington Steele. What was his name? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. I like Pierce Brosnan as, as, as 007. Actually, you know what? Too skinny. Like, where's the where's the man in there? James Bond has to be at least a, a bit of a man, doesn't he? He's a little skinny. I'm a little skinny. You have shoulders, though. All right. All right. And I saw you punch a man once. Yes, you did. <laughs> he was way out of line. It was New Orleans. People think they can be out of line in New Orleans. You said no. Oh, I have a particular set of skills. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I wish I had. You didn't say it at that time, but you no. You do not. You do not get to touch me there. You 
decked him a bit. <laughs> I don't, do you want it to stop? I have to turn you in. No. You killed your father. No. But you understand why. You understand me more than anyone. If you stand by me, if you say, yeah. <laughs> he had a great reason. He <laughs> He misunderstood him, and then he, but killing him was the best thing that ever happened to him. distractions for me. Oh. You're trying to I'm invent trying. distractions so that I can... Look, I'm sorry, I can't break you out. I don't have a particular set of skills, okay? Oh, now you're not even trying to do the voice anymore. I need it! I need something! I mean, for 12 and a half years! Your father needed something. He needed his son to be there. And you murdered him. Did you... Did you just come by to rub this in? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 